Welcome to Workplace and Faith, a podcast where we examine the intersection between our working lives and our faith lives. Our aim is to bring our whole self into our whole life. My name is Stephen Field and I'm the Senior Pastor of Canterbury Baptist Church in Melbourne, Australia. Each month we invite a guest to our live Zoom meeting to guide our group through a discussion on the topic of workplace and faith. These meetings are not recorded to maintain confidentiality. What you're about to hear is a recording of a conversation I have with our guest after our meeting. We talk through the topics covered and discuss some of the responses and questions of the group. If you're interested in joining these live monthly Zoom meetings, you're welcome. To register your interests, contact me through the details in the show notes. You can also join our Workplace and Faith Facebook or LinkedIn group to further engage in this topic. In this episode, our guest is Graham Hooper and his topic, Success, a Christian Response. Hello, Graham. Welcome to the Workplace and Faith podcast. It's a great joy that you can join us. Yeah, hi Stephen. Great to be here and uh, share with uh, share with people. Mm. Now, uh, um, obviously, recently we, we we had a great session with you as you led uh, a small group of us through the reflections that you're going to lead us through today. Um, but before we get into your content, how about you just take a moment to introduce yourself, maybe at both a professional level, so our listeners have a sense of where you've come from professionally, and maybe also at a Christian level. It's just a, a snapshot of your faith journey as well. Yeah, okay. Well, I was born in the UK and I graduated as a civil engineer. And I started work in a uh, game reserve in East Africa, which was a fabulous experience for two and a half years. I lived in a tent for a year, actually, <laughs> which has put me off camping for the rest of my life. But I spent um, the rest of 40 years of my life really wandering around the world, uh, doing infrastructure projects and programs, working for a major company. Um, and we, we worked, lived for long periods in the Middle East and uh, Papua New Guinea and uh, in the UK and uh, worked in a lot of countries and uh, ended up in Australia very happily. And um, I uh, lived down in the Mornington Peninsula with my wife. So broadly speaking, what was the main thrust of your professional work? Was there a particular profession that you invested yourself in more than others? We were, we were um, yes, uh, I was really responsible for leading the, the ports and transportation part of the, the business for AECOM, and uh, that led me to, uh, to, to from in marketing and in planning and programming major civil infrastructure. That's been my life, really. And, and I still serve on a couple of boards at the moment in Australia, which um, uh, keeps me very very uh, interested. And from a faith point of view, has faith always been a part of your life from childhood, or was faith something you came faith in Jesus something you came to later on in life? Well, I I, I was taken to church and Sunday school as a kid, and and I voted with my feet at the age of about fourteen as soon as I was able, and opted out. Um, but in my early twenties, when I, I went out to um, work in Tanzania. Uh, it was really quite a life-changing moment. I'd taken a Bible with me, actually, and I'd never opened it. It was a gift from school. We used to get one in those days. And um, I started reading it. Uh, And at the same time, I got a letter from a friend, a hippie friend who'd been amazingly uh, come to faith in Christ. It was 36 pages long, which I've kept. And um, it just absolutely hit me uh, that this was true. And I never forget reading the words the book of Revelation, where uh, it says, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the Almighty. And uh, I thought, this is it. This is the framework for life. And that was the beginning of my faith in Jesus Christ, which has carried on to this day, thankfully. Was there a moment 
so this moment when you began to connect into faith with Jesus, did that automatically have an impact upon your work or this coming together that, that we're about to explore between our faith and our workplace? Was there something of a journey that you had to go on to, to bring those two worlds together in your life? Yeah, I think it was a long time before I actually really started to grasp that God was interested in my work and in my my, my leisure and, and all these other parts of life. Uh, to me, it was initially very much a, a spiritual and, and knowledge transformational thing. Um, it was very deep in deep in my heart, but um, and there was nobody really to guide in those days. I, I, as I, I tried to sometimes say to people, I think there was one book that I ever remember seeing about connecting faith and work. Uh, Whenever you went to a Christian bookshop, there was an awful lot about prayer and worship and books of the Bible and theology and so on. Very, very little about about linking faith and work. Happily, it's changed today. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of uh, networks around and uh, a lot of, uh, you know, podcasts like this trying to help people uh, work out what it means to be a Christian in the workplace. But for me, that was a long journey. And so so if, if I could just grab a snapshot of maybe a summary version of something of that journey. So you not having the resources that we, we, we now have, not, not, not being able to plug into a wider conversation which now exists around us, can you recall a particular moment or was there a particular idea that sparked within you that sense of God with you in, in, in your workplace? Um, yeah, I, I think it, it really came to a, to a head. Um, when I started to interact with, 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 with non-Christians in, in the workplace and I realised um, there was uh, – well, actually, it was quite interesting because I, I, I had a – when I lived in Mauritius for six years and I had a wonderful opportunity of having a radio programme on the national broadcaster, which was called The Epilogue which is actually still running today, uh, a Bible reading and some Christian music. And I, I didn't really know what I was doing, so I made that up as I went along. But I, people would start to connect me and say, hey, I heard you on the radio last night. What's what's this all about? And I thought, gosh, these guys see now know about my faith, and they see me at work. And help, you know, what are they seeing? Am I actually, re- am I living this out in any way or, or am I just keeping it all separate? Uh, so it was quite quite confronting that, you know, when you have to, when you really connect publicly um, on radio or, or wherever and, and people you work with hear that, it, it's, uh, it, it brings things to a nice head. <laughs> Now, in our session today, you be, you took us through the, the important principles of success and failure and how they can shape us as Christian people in our workplace. And I think you actually divided them up into two sections. You looked at success first and then failure second. So w- uh, would you be comfortable just to begin to lead us uh, through this podcast, through some of the uh, the reflections that you led us through on the topic of success? Yeah, sure. I, I, I started. I wanted to. I started by asking, really, what, what do we mean by success, and and how do you measure it? If so, if I say to you, you know, I wish you every success in the coming year, um, what would come to your mind? You know, getting the new job, getting the promotion, buying the new house, renovating, uh, whatever, something like that. And, and I started to reflect on what we mean by success in our culture. And I think success in our culture is about three main things. It's about getting. So I get the job, I get the promotion, or I get whatever, winning, 
So I, you know, I, I, I win the competition. Um, I win the work if I'm in marketing or achieving. I achieve my personal goals, whatever they might be, running a marathon, going on an overseas trip. So getting, winning and achieving. But it's also about the how. And happily in our culture, we don't see people who have been we call successful, who have cheated and bribed their way to success, or uh, the athlete who has, you know, taken massive drug doses just to get their gold medal. We don't see that anymore as successful. So there's a what and there's a how. And um, I, I think then I started to think, what does the Bible say about success? And, you know, you, you can Google success and you find only the, in our English Bibles, the word only comes two or three times at most. And the Bible has these other other, other, you know, other measures of success, other ways of describing success. And I, I listed five of them last night. Um, finishing, finishing the course set for us, finishing the task, faithfulness, fruitfulness, prosperity. And that's prosperity in the very broadest sense, which in the, in the, uh, the Old Testament's got a lot to say about prosperity. And it nearly always means much, much more than just having the material goodies and, and, and a lot of money in the bank. It's, you know, it's about it, our ethics and uh, uh, a whole harmony in our society and, and justice. And then the blessing. So those things, I think, finishing, faithfulness, fruitfulness, prosperity and blessing. So we asked the question last night, you know, when do these things, when does the Bible view success and our society's view of success, when do they coincide and when do they conflict? And I think if I remember, you talked not just about the what of success as it's defined maybe in our wider culture, as you described getting, winning, achieving, but in the how, I think you, you broke that down even a bit further and you talked about how the how of success is through caring, through having integrity and through persistence. And I think you even gave us some, some illustrations of like sports people or, 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 uh, or corporate people who may at one level seem to get what they want, win what they want, achieve what they want, but actually we as a society wouldn't call that successful. Um, do, do you mind just unpacking that a little bit for us? Yeah, well, I, I think um, that that those two instances I mentioned, you know, I mean, you, you hear on the news somebody has just uh, been, um, uh, you know, accused of bullying or abuse or bribery or corruption, very successful person on a, inverted commas on a pedestal, and suddenly they come crashing down and we no longer see them as successful. Um, I found something just coming to my mind. I remember going to a management seminar many years ago about mid-career, and we were all asked to write down the, a, a person we saw as a role model for success. And I think we were meant to think of prime ministers and business leaders and great sports people, but the person who came into my mind was a lady in her early 60s we'd met in Mauritius when I was a young guy who uh, cared for an elderly relative, held down a full-time job, um, helped out at a children's home, chaired the local Bible society, and led led a, a, a school a Sunday school for poor kids. And, and that woman came to my mind as someone who was absolutely living out her faith and work. And uh, she successful that's the, that's what came into my mind so i shared that and it was quite interesting in, in the meeting that also just unpacks for us that even as we began to explore this idea of the bible's uh, vision of success and now a more corporate 
uh, secular vision of success, I think what we began to observe is that there was an awful lot of crossover between the two. I remember there was a bit of a discussion around the topic of uh, of, uh, of corporate values and how increasingly corporations are seeing themselves as organisations that need to express positive values. And, if, and uh, we even use the word uh, Christian values. And there are many values which corporations are looking to to express into the world, which are not simply about you know getting more money or achieving more sales. I mean, certainly those values are there as well but uh, but but if you will the the, uh, the the values of kindness and compassion and listening and care um, and values that we in a in a um, in a Christian culture would recognize as the kinds of values that we ourselves have been uh, seeking to to develop but at the same time recognizing that there is that clash of values that there that um, even as the same people in the group were talking about how their workplaces have these values in them, that actually on a day-to-day basis, the values that they feel being expressed to them the most are the values of make more money, close more sales, you know, the more traditional corporate values that I think I think we're familiar with. And so I actually discerned in that conversation there was a bit of a tension there, that on the one hand, yeah, there are clear differences between our Christian values and corporate values, but I think over time, and particularly in the era in which we live, they're crossing over quite a bit more, and that's creating a more complicated picture for people how did you how, how did you hear yeah. that that part of our conversation yeah no i think this is a really good point and we did have a good conversation on that i, I think if you you know anyone listening if you have an organization private or public that has um, a set of values that they aim to achieve i think you're going to find things like excellence creativity care respect for people integrity and certainly the company i used to work for i i looked at our values and i thought you know if you set a bunch of christians down in a room for an hour you wouldn't come up with something very different because many of these values are very strongly christian values thank god for that you know we value our society values integrity and care for people and uh, and so on and uh, what came out on the um, in the workshop was um, one person shared how uh, in her performance review these values were actually now being applied and i think that's wonderful because too often values are kind of like candy floss window dressing on the wall we all have values posted on the wall but nobody really takes much notice of them in in the push to make money or achieve the the, the goals but i I found that very encouraging when she said that no these values are actually being applied through the performance reviews you know and it it does raise a question i I remember in my younger years uh in a church culture there was a much stronger divide between the corporate world and the christian world and i think there was a much more black and white view of you know there's the christian world that has christian values there's a corporate world that has ruthless corporate values and it was and if you were a person who worked in a in a corporate world what you heard from the church was largely warnings you know be careful you know you're, you're walking in dangerous territory um, I'm wondering whether, and this is a question for you, I'm wondering whether now we're actually discerning something of a shift there and the direction that corporate values are, um, uh, have moved in and the way that they are bringing in a wider set of values, has that actually increased the capacity and the opportunity for Christian people to live out and, ex- and express tr- uh, what we would traditionally call Christian values in a workplace? The idea, I guess the question I'm asking is, has the Christian definition of success, as in loving your neighbour and doing good good to those around you, actually begun to become something more of a corporate value that it's become easier to express that kind of success in a corporate world as well? Or maybe that's that's a bit of a mirage. I'm just interested to hear your reflection on that. I think it's good to work for an organisation that says it values things that you value if you're a Christian. 
you know. Um, I mean, there are certain organisations I probably wouldn't want to work for, certain, and that's a personal decision, certain uh, businesses I wouldn't want to be a part of. That's uh, from a Christian perspective. And I respect, uh, I respect that's individual conscience very much, you know, so you, you, but it's not a comfortable experience working for a, a firm you don't respect. I did once work for an organisation, I, I can't name it, it wasn't in this country, where the chairman and the, and the CEO both were sent to prison for corruption. Mm. It, it wasn't a good experience, you know. Um, but it, it, there is always pushback from the world because, uh, Chris, you know, at the end of the day, the world is not really interested in in in, uh, in, in Jesus Christ fundamentally. Uh, you know, I mean, uh, of course, God awakens that need in people, but there is a there is a confrontation. Uh, I think someone shared last night. You know, although despite the values, um, when uh, one of them wanted to do some pro bono work. That was going to impact on the profit margin. Um, well, the, you know, on, on the one hand, they thought it was a good thing from the corporate value side, but from the bottom line, it wasn't such a good thing. And there was pushback and a bit of tension there. Um, so uh, I, I, I think come back to one of the, the differences, the conflicts we talked about earlier between success um, in the world and success according to the Bible. I think the fundamental one is is the getting thing. Um, you know, getting more money. Getting, getting, getting the corner office, getting the, the the office on the forty second floor, whatever. That getting is not part of Christian value, however much you want to dress it up. Uh, you know, the Christian ethic is is giving and service, isn't it? Um, I think, uh, and that is that presents a conflict within us, of course, with our own natural sinfulness, our own tendency to want to get. To want to be in the rat race like everybody else, and on the other hand, to become more like Christ, and that's a real tension at the personal level, and I think that tension comes into the the workplace, um, and it's a, it's a tester for many of us as Christians every day. The conversation then built built into it. You asked a wonderfully provocative question, which is, uh, which was a question around how does success affect us spiritually? So how does our success uh, specifically in our workplace, but but you even drew that a bit wider than that. So just success in life, how does that affect us spiritually and in our spiritual life? And I know one person made the comment that uh, that in seasons in which they feel the most successful is often at the seasons in which they are the least prayerful. And so, yeah. so, so there's a bit of an equation being set up there between uh, between success yeah. in uh, in worldly terms, in secular terms, in professional terms, and then sort of a, a lack of motivation or consistency. In, uh, yeah. in in spiritual disciplines, do you mind just just sort of offering us a reflection or two on on some of the challenges that you see that success could possibly bring us? Challenges in our spiritual life. Yeah, well, I mean, success is 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 enjoyable, isn't it? It's 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 wonderful when when you have success, when you have a good day. It, it it's one. Thank God for it, you know. But the the trap, of course, and it's pointed out in so many places in the Bible. The the trap is you you move into pride zone and subconsciously start to marginalize God in your life, and you also you you can start to think that you're actually a whole lot better than you are. And you know, you you I think we all need people who are going to bring us down to earth you know whether that's family or friends we need people who can uh, speak the truth to us you know and uh, keep our feet on the ground and i think if you want to read a passage on that read romans 12 i think about three times in one chat a few verses the same messages there about don't think about too highly of yourself associate with people down the food chain not just at the top table um 
you know, it makes this, and of course, in back in Deuteronomy and other places, don't forget the Lord when you have prosperity and good times. That's that's probably the biggest test, I think. We also talk about sort of the impact of our success in our workplace on the rest of our life as well. And I guess we approach that in two particular areas. This came up fairly organically out of the conversation. This wasn't actually something that you necessarily brought to us, but it, it bubbled up out of the conversation in the room. And so, so a few people began to observe that uh, their success, or as we'll get to later on, failure of a company. So if you go into a workplace and you might be successful as you measure success within that workplace, but the wider corporation, the wider organization might actually be going through a time of great hardship and challenge, uh, layoffs mm-hmm. and cutbacks and, 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 and whatnot. And so the success of a company actually has a direct impact on the success of each individual in that company. And I think that was just a reminder that that success is not always in our hands and that we might actually be doing our best and being successful, but for reasons completely outside of our control, we, we, we may end up coming into a season of failure even in the middle of us individually being successful and some of the tensions that came up around that. And then the other angle that came out on that was that success in our work needs to be balanced with success outside of our work as well. So people talking about um, it's you know it, it's actually fairly pointless if you're successful in, in your marketing career, for example, but you're actually unsuccessful in your marriage or unsuccessful as a parent. And so just beginning to draw the circle of what it means to be successful and the impact of success outside of our work environment, but saying it actually flows from our work out into all of life as well. Yeah, look, I, I think there are very me- different measures of success, aren't there? And uh, we may all know people who are tremendously successful in their work and not successful in their marriage or, or their parenting or their, their, their ability to form lasting relationships or vice versa. Some people are brilliant with people and hopeless with money. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> now I, I remember working with a guy and um, Someone, a friend said of him, look, he spent all his life working and he's got nothing to show for it, meaning he didn't have a big super fund. But well, but he'd had a fantastic life. He'd roamed the world. He had a loving family and different measures. How do you measure success? I think very few people, when you, 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 you dig under the surface, are successful everywhere. We often put people on a pedestal that they can't really, uh, doesn't really support them. So as we draw this conversation to a close and as we just close off on the topic of success, and if it's okay, I'd love you to come back and then we can pick up part two of the conversation, which is around failure. How was it that that you then just brought this theme of success together for us? What challenge or what reflection did you leave with us specifically about success in our workplace and success as Christians in our lives? Well, I, I think we'll perhaps we'll kind of touch on it in failure as well. Success and failure are part of the fabric of life. You know, they're ups. We shouldn't think them as two polar opposites. You know, like am I closer to this pole or the other pole? Uh, I mean, they're they're woven into the fabric of life. Little successes every day, little failures or setbacks. And I think we should probably put setbacks in in, in that category. Um, so I. You know, if we talk about success, let's think about those biblical paradigms. That's the way I think we should think. Finishing, faithfulness, fruitfulness, prosperity and blessing. Uh, I, I think that is that is the bottom line for me. Uh, you know, when when you when we're gone, when people write something on our gravestone or whatever, you know, it's it, it, I don't want it to be how much how much money you've made or what position you held in the company. It's 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 where were you in in in, in those areas? I think that's the challenge. 
Graham, it was a fan- it's been fantastic to talk with you now and really appreciate you just re- just opening up for us the content that, that you led us through so well. And thank you for, for picking such a provocative topic and for guiding us through so well. Uh, but just before we close this conversation down, you've also written a couple of books. So if a few of our listeners are interested in just being able to pick your brain a little bit more through some of your books, are there a couple of books that you've written that you could recommend? Well, there's um, one I wrote just after, um, yeah, I wrote in 2013, published by IVP called Undivided, Closing the Faith-Like Gap, which set me off, uh, which said what I wanted to say really about my own struggle to bring integrate faith and life. Um, and I called it Undivided because of Psalm 86, 11, which says, give me an undivided heart that I will fear your name. Um, and very recently, just um, this month, uh, I published a book called Proving Ground, published out of the UK again by Christian Focus. And that's 40 reflections on um, how I think our, our working life is often a testing ground for our faith. You know, is uh, is what we say we believe just religious talk for Sundays or how does it work out in the rough and tumble of, of, of life and in the sometimes the very difficult areas of life? Um, but the other side of that proving, of course, is that we have the chance to prove God, to prove that he is faithful to his word and that his grace uh, is enough for us and uh, he will see us through. So, yeah, I commend those to you. Thank you. So that's Undivided and Proving Ground, both written by Graham Hooper. So you can look up Graham Hooper to find uh, those books. Graham, mate, if any of our listeners just want to get in touch with you directly, um, are you comfortable to release your email or maybe you've got a LinkedIn address? Yeah, no, um, LinkedIn or e- or uh, email is fine. So I'll, I'll I'll put that information in the show notes and people can follow through from there. Graham, thank you so much for guiding us through the topic of success, but uh, look forward to for, for you coming back and uh, picking the other side of this equation as we speak about the challenges of failure. But thank you for your time today. Yeah, it's a pleasure. Thank you. And thank you for listening. If you found yourself wanting to ask questions throughout this episode, or if you'd like to continue exploring the topics raised, then join our Workplace and Faith group on Facebook or LinkedIn. To be part of our monthly Zoom meetings, contact me by emailing office at worshipontheway.liv. That is office at worshipontheway.live. We would love to meet you. To show your appreciation for what you've received today and to offer your support, you can give at the details in the show notes. This podcast is produced by Stephen Field on behalf of Worship on the Way in conjunction with Canterbury Baptist Church, Melbourne, Australia. Music source from Epidemic Sounds. If you'd like more podcast content from us, search for Worship on the Way to Work, a podcast designed to bring you an experience of connecting with God on your way to work. Join us in two weeks as Graham Hooper guides us through the topic, Failure, a Christian Response, and we continue to explore the intersection between our workplace and our faith. Mm-hmm.